Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm joined by the laughing Marty and the smiling Nick. How are you going today, fellas? Mate, we are jovial. We're having a big laugh off air uh, because we just can because <laughs> we're the type of blokes that can just laugh at anything. Uh, but no, no, I'm going well. Uh, Nick, how are you going, my friend? Good, mate. Yeah, laughter is uh, always welcome. You know, we face all these stresses and laughter is the best remedy. So thank you, Jace, for providing the laughter. Um, so how are you, mate? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. I was just talking about I've got a job interview to get to and uh, the guys asked me if I was unhappy at Future and, um, you know, what was going on. So cheeky, cheeky buggers. Um, but no, uh, the job interview is for hopefully some young champion to join the ranks at Future Advisory and... Uh, in the meantime, we've got a very important episode of uh, Future Advisory to shoot, the numbers game to shoot. Um, M- Marty, what what have we got on today? I've, we've come off the back of a couple of really good apps. Season 8 is just firing along. I reckon this was like our 112th episode. I don't know when we get to raise the bat again. Is it 150 or do we wait until 200? But everything just seems to be rolling pretty well here at the numbers game. And uh, you've brought something else to the table for us. You raise the bat probably about 30 episodes too early, mate. So you just raise the bat whenever you want to raise the bat, Jace. I love your excitement for uh, you know us getting to milestones. It's really Maybe, cool. Maybe... Um, Mention the sponsor, Jace, before you raise the bat. Might be a really good idea. Raise, raise the sponsor's bat. The sponsor's bat. Well, guys, if there's anything that gets me more excited than it's uh, than a sponsor, it's the sponsor that when Innovate comes to the party and gets behind an episode. And today, with what we're talking about with dream lives and dream homes, Marty, which you'll be kicking into. But before we do, let's talk about Innovate. The lovely team at Innovate will sort out all things finance, wealth, Anything commercial and cars and equipment, they've covered you across all bases there, um, which pretty much means they can help everyone. So if you do need a hand in any aspect of your financial world, the team at Innovate are waiting for you to get online, sign up, call their phone number, whatever it is that you prefer to do. But there is an expert there waiting to talk to you, inovayt.com.au. Marty. All right, well, let's cut the laughter and get down to business. Listeners have tuned in and we're just going all crazy today. Uh, today I want to talk about Australians opt for their dream life rather than their dream home. Uh, so there was a financial freedom report which is done annually by the McCrindle Group uh, that came up with some interesting uh, interesting context here. Fewer Australians are listing buying their own home as the number one financial priority. Home ownership is slipping down Australia's list of financial priorities as people opt to paying for their dream lifestyle over their dream home. Maybe listen back to the uh, Morgan Housel episode just before and people spending on everything other than their futures. But uh, So more than half of Australians, 55%, are listing financial independence as their number one priority at the moment. Uh, financial freedom is defined as having a good enough passive income, either from a business, investments or savings to cover your daily expenses and give you the freedom to achieve your ideal life and no longer need to work as an employee. Oh my wow. goodness. What's the world coming to? Holidays and other experiences are replacing spending money on home ownership. So that's uh, that's interesting as a starting point. Um, usually that's always been flipped the other way around, mm. but you're still looking at a high priority is home ownership. It's just for the first time financial independence has become the uh, superior driver to that, which sort of tells me that younger people are doing the right thing, are um, wanting to get their financial independence and setting themselves up. 
it also tells me that maybe interest rates have jumped up a lot and uh, house prices are up high and maybe it's just a condition of the circumstances at the moment where younger people are starting to look elsewhere on important matters of their life. So like anything, could be a combination. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting starting point. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is interesting. It's not, it's not surprising at the same time. I think it totally makes sense. I definitely think it's just circumstance. Mm. Um, I think it's it's the fact that it is so expensive to get into property. Uh, interest rates are higher. Um, you know, that, that particular generation, there's no end of um, complaints around the property market from people on how hard it is to get in and, and, and whatnot. And there's there's that age-old argument around, you know, do you actually want to get in or would you just like to get in and where are you spending your money? And we've spoken about this stuff before. So um, my personal opinion is that most people can afford to get in. They've just got to draw a line in the sand and make that decision. So I think it's a circumstance thing. Um, what I found really interesting I don't want to steal your thunder here, Marty, but another stat that you've put here is 63% of Gen Z list owning a home as their number one priority. So that's the younger generation again. So I think that just demonstrates that it's probably circumstance because the younger generation, they probably haven't done the numbers yet. They're probably at uni or at school going, yeah, I want to buy a house. Of course I do. But they may be not aware of, um, you know, it could be the cost of rates, the cost of... Um, a repayment, they might be hypothetically living at home, so not covering expenses uh, totally yet. So they think that home ownership, particularly at that young age, is definitely a dream for them and definitely something that they can achieve. Whereas that next generation up might be thinking, geez, it's going to be hard because now we know how hard it is. You know, we've got a young kid, we're both working really hard. So maybe it's just more of an awareness piece for the younger generation that they're not quite there yet on how difficult it is. But yeah, for me, definitely circumstances. It's, um, I would, um, the cynic in me would say 100% of those people could own a home. It would be pretty much right up their priority list, if not numbered one, um, very close to it. I just think it's circumstances and then thinking that it's out of reach so they're deviating um, what their number one priority is, my opinion. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Spot on. Then you go, you know, more than half, 54% of Generation Y, age 28 to 42, say their biggest aspiration is to have a good work-life balance. So, again, there's that, that age bracket. Mm. Now, you guys are both in that age bracket. So do you, how, do you, how do you view it? Because you, you both like property as well. So, yeah, but do you, do you consider that as an important driver? I think it's number one. And I, mm. I, I, I can only think about the clients that come through our business as in financial planning clients and, and mortgage clients. But once you start to to raise a family and have a family, your number one priority is having an abode mm. and a house uh, to make memories in, a house that you don't need to continue to move from, a house that you can make your own, make changes, um, a house where the family's happy, where you can have other family members come over. Um, so for me, it's, um, you know, we're in the process of trying to have a family. For me, it's number, absolutely number one priority because it's that security blanket where everyone feels safe. Um, Jace, what do you, what do you so think? So you're saying yours is to have a home. Yeah. Isn't that what we're talking I about? I think, uh, the, the stat Marty read was a good work-life balance. Was that right, Marty? Yeah. But I, I was saying like, how relevant is that yep. to, to owning a home? Like uh, what gotcha. is, yep. do, do you go, the home is more of a priority or do you go actually, you know, my lifestyle is, is the driver. No, well, you know, and, and following on from that, 
Jules, I had the stat right in front of me saying 54% of Gen Y, the 28 to 42, talked about their aspiration as a good work-life balance. But I think, you know, achieving that work-life balance, you know, having a property, of course, is going to play into that a lot more rather than not having it. And if you're in a rental property and you're about to be booted out because either the rates have gone up or the tenant's moving back in, all of a sudden you've got these extra stresses if you are then trying to raise a family as well, of course – being in your own home is going to alleviate a lot of that and allow for a better work-life balance anyway. So I think it all goes hand in hand, but a lot of it is circumstantial. Um, You know, looking at those stats beyond that, where it's Gen X and boomers talking about striving for financial independence, again, that's the time where they are in their lives that makes the most sense for them. So I I think it makes complete sense that people have got to start focusing on things earlier and and I think you know Nick you've said it on an early episode as well is that you know you wish you knew what you know now when you were 20 years old um which then you know the stat in this article as well that blew my mind is that 63% more people or 63% of people reporting say they've now dedicated more time and energy to education and financial knowledge in the more, in the most recent year compared to the year before so there's a big increase in people who are looking for education. They want to make more informed decisions. They want to know more about finances to get ahead in life. So, and I think this is what didn't exist 20 years ago. There wasn't access to the information we have today. Um, So I'm hoping that it means that moving forward, people are making more informed and better decisions about their finances um, to have a better life. That's what we want. So put it back to you, Marty, because you, know, you are the uh, the one on here who does have a child. Um, are you going to say who's old? What do you think I was going to say? Oh, I, I thought you were going to say I'm the old bastard. Thanks, thanks, Nick. I have a no, child. No, no. Yes. I do. Um, <laughs> do we make up these stories in our own mind? Um, so where where is it on your list? Like, how important do you think it is to have that home? Um, because everyone's different, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's important to have a nest. Um, definitely, since I hit probably fifty, I recognise that balance of lifestyle is really really important. Like getting holidays in, having more experiences. Um, before that, it was more just get a home and work your butt off. That that was basically the way I used to operate. But yeah, I think nowadays, well, even nowadays, I'm I'm much more fluid on that. Like I go. If I feel like, you know, you want to live somewhere and have that experience and you go, all right, well, how do you do that? You know, it's like, now it's not a driver at the moment, but I I can see myself as I get older wanting to have more experiences in life just to, you know, just to enjoy life at a different level and see things that I haven't seen that I've probably spent the last 20 years in work. So I think they're, they're the sort of things that come up. So I... I don't know. I've always liked having a house. I can't see that changing. I think read into this a little deeper too. And yeah, what it is saying is financial independence is the number one priority. It's not necessarily saying people don't want a house, although you know the yeah the the, the shift from this percentage would suggest there's less people. That's the number one priority. But your house, the reality is, your house makes up a large percentage of your financial independence. Yeah. So. One of the key things that we see happen in our office with our um, clients that are coming close to retirement or even post-retirement, once the kids leave the house, the house actually becomes part of the retirement plan. Um, they've often got a four or five bedroom house on a decent 
block of land, um, which they paid next to nothing for some time ago. Um, obviously, that would be different now, but it would all be relevant. So fast forward 20, 30 years, what we're paying now will seem next to nothing. Um, and they don't need a house that big anymore. They've raised a family. Um, they've got a big house, but they're in their 70s. They can't clean it. They don't have the they don't have the want um, to be mowing the lawns all the time. They're caravanning around. So a lot of the times the downsizing of the family home becomes a big part of the retirement plan. Um, whether people like it or not or would like to factor that in as re- part of their retirement plan, it's generally a cash injection at some stage in retirement that helps them fund that next stage. So you know, your super might get to a level where it starts to run out. Then you get to your 70s and 80s and you just don't need a four to five bedroom home anymore and you downgrade it and you might spend maybe 60% of the amount on a new house. The balance goes into the retirement fund. So I think you know, owning a home, um, although a lot of experts say it's the worst financial investment you can have because it doesn't give you an automatic return or an income, but the reality is you've still got an asset, you're still paying that asset off, that asset is still growing and it will help you be financially uh, independent at some stage in retirement either way. So I think that's important to remember that. Yeah, I like that. They're, they're saying that uh, only 22% of Australians are completely happy with their financial situation. So I thought that's a very low stat as well. But there, there's the link-in in regards to more people getting more financial literacy under their belt in the past 12 months as well. So obviously there's a gaping hole in uh, – what's being taught through the schools and and uh, into young adulthood. Uh, I think young people are hungry to do better uh, around their financial circumstances. So, this, yeah, they need or they need to be at least. I wonder if this has anything to do with uh, our friend Morgan mm. and uh, keeping up with the Joneses and, um, you know, enough is enough and being content. It's, you know, you go for a drive, um, at you know, in 2023 and, not crazy for every third car to be a European car. So I think there's, you know, we've got social media, um, so many people portraying that they are wealthy on social media, whether they are or not. You know, we've got access now into so many people's different lives. So I wonder if that's driving um, the fact that 22% of people are not happy with their situation, thinking that other people are in such a better position um, because of the access we've got into other people's lives now be interested to know. I actually thought 22% being completely happy with their financial situation was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't do I, do I have one in five conversations where someone's telling me they're really happy with their financial situation? I, I don't know if I would. I don't know if it'd be one in every five, but yeah, I think more than four in every five are com- probably complaining about their financial situation, mostly about Dan Andrews and the extra taxes he brings on or, or who knows what else. I think uh, we were three out of three sample size complaining about our financial situation a few episodes ago. So no, I, I wasn't completely, um, yeah, I was, I was a little bit shocked by 22% are actually happy. Yeah, I think it was something, it was a crazy stat around the world that if you had 800,000 in net wealth, regardless of home or assets or cash or whatever, you're really in the top one to 2% of people in the world. Yeah. So it shows you how, how much struggle there is actually out there when you it's all perspective, isn't it? So it's um, yeah, but I thought that was quite you know quite quite an interesting stat, and I think even two hundred grand of net wealth put you in a very very high echelon. So again, it's just probably you know your own surroundings, your own environment, keeping up with the Joneses, all that stuff as we know, um, and coming back to 
you know, trying to be a bit more grateful and put in the time on learning that financial piece to get yourself, you know, ahead in time, as we talked about in previous episodes. It doesn't always happen overnight. But I think I think it's circumstance. Um, I think it's good for Australians to be questioning it, though, in regards to what is better for them in the future. I think that's that's healthy. Um, and explore what options are going to give them that that happiness in the way they build out their financial futures. I'm hearing a lot more younger people ask the right questions and even a lot more older people shift their perspective on what they knew from 20 years ago. Um, Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but they're now thinking, what does that next 30 years look like and how can I make sure that I'm setting myself up well? 100% 100% Nick and I was, I'm Nick and Marty just trying to find it so I could kind of end out on a bit of a note around innovate because this is exactly what you guys exist to do and it's to help people get into their first homes or to buy homes and uh, have some financial independence so um, I was trying to find my emails from you guys since I'm on your email list but from basically day one when I signed up onto innovates marketing channel on list and it sounds it doesn't sound spammy. Somehow I make it sound that way. But constant education, like not overdoing it, but I've always received an email about, you know, what I need to know about interest rates or finding a property or getting into the market, savings, what I need to be able to buy a property without mortgage insurance. So if you are interested in getting into a home, if you're one of the percent of people that Marty's talked about that do want to own a home and end up with financial independence at some point in life, um, I would definitely recommend jumping onto Innovate's uh, website and do sign up to receive those um, emails because, again, education. That's 63% of people that are looking for more education year on year. If you are one of them, great place to start. Fantastic info from you guys. So thank you for all the stuff that I'm receiving. We're all here to serve, mate. Game over.